It's episode 584 of the Locked On Texas Rangers podcast. On today's show, I am joined by in real life friend Matt McCutcheon to talk about our first experience at Globe Life Field, a little about this Friday night game, and Matt's reason for hope for Rangers fans this season. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On to the Texas Rangers. I'm your host, Bryce Patrick, here today with longtime friend, baseball enthusiast, baseball obsessive Matt McCutcheon. We just came back from our very first game at Globe Life Field. First, thank you guys so much for making Locked On Rangers your very first listen every single day. If you're not already, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. Follow Matt McCutcheon at Matt McCutcheon. Follow the show at Locked On Rangers and subscribe on YouTube. Wow. Uh... First off, it's it's great to have you on the show, Matt. I know you're long, literally the longest time listener of me and my baseball ramblings before I had an actual podcast for it, and you were my outlet for it, and we bonded over our love of Rangers baseball. We got to see our first game at the new stadium, and I know we both had our trepidations going in, and I think we both had some of those kind of fulfilled. What were your first thoughts just being there at the new place? To be honest, uh, I was kind of dreading the experience because <laughs> we have seen so many milestone games at the ballpark in Arlington. We will call it the ballpark in Arlington. <laughs> that is that discussed. is its name. That is its name. Or AmeriQuest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The, the main thing that I was concerned about was how are they going to translate the design, the feel of the old stadium to go into the new stadium. And I was pleasantly surprised that they gave it a nod or two but they stopped there and they made it its own thing. That that really helped me kind of let the past be the past and move on to this new era of Rangers baseball. Yeah, and it's it's hard to let the past be the past when it's literally staring you right in the face. You see it as you walk. It's right there. It's right there. And like I I definitely had like a lot of reserve like about this. I mean, you you know the the jokes, the tough like it looks like a tough shit, it looks like a grill, it looks like, you know, a garage, whatever, like you get it. and there a lot of them are warranted but also we also walked in like where you're supposed to see i think part of it was like the camera angles that they were showing they didn't realize what was the flattering camera angle I mean, you don't have the little like beautiful waterfront like yeah. opening shot that you had for the old stadium but i think overall its biggest flaw is that it, it's not the ballpark in arlington and that's just something that it's going to take a while to recover from is that what you feel too yeah i totally agree and I could see why Rangers fans would want to be excited about this. I really do. But to have so much history and so many good moments to draw on, it's just not going to be the same. It's going to take some time to learn and adjust to the new way of doing things. Yeah, and I mean, like, there are there is so much history. Like, there is, you know, Adrian Beltre, 3,000 hits. There is, you know, going to the World Series. There is Pudge Rodriguez playing games there. There is Josh Hamilton winning MVP there. There is striking out A-Rod to go to the first ever World Series. Like, there were actual good baseball teams there. And all we've known at Globe Life, whatever, blah, has been boring, bad baseball, and so far underachieving high-expectation baseball, which, you know, 
lends itself to uh, some some real frustrations and that I feel are are warranted. Also, I did get to see uh, old Lindsey Crosby prospect encyclopedia as I have been uh, definitely not paid to call. I just call him that because I want to. Um, but he was out there at the ballpark, host of the Locked On Prospect MLB Prospects podcast. It was good to see him in person, put a face to. Uh, a name and um, he got more fun out of this game than we did because he's a Braves fan so he definitely enjoyed it a little bit more so shout out to Lindsay and uh, the almost crossover that was us just talking to each other with literally zero listeners as opposed to the hundreds of listeners that we normally get not to flex but a little bit to flex but um, you know for the atmosphere it it felt a little dead I don't know if you felt that way too there were a lot of Braves fans there which you know good on them go out there celebrate your championship but i don't know how would you feel about the atmosphere besides that one very loud very drunk a little bit racist brave fan that was behind us yeah. during the game yeah i'll i'll start by getting and giving a nod to the Braves fan they travel baby, baby boy yeah was behind all us. the baby boys out there <laughs> they travel exceptionally well um and their presence was known they were really on par with like the Astros fandom, which obviously with the proximity, that makes a lot of sense. Yep. The Yankees with the market size, that makes sense. I wasn't expecting the amount of Braves fans that were there tonight. Um, some more well-behaved than others, as you said. <laughs> and, you know, I think it was right around the National Anthem, we were there about five minutes before uh, first pitch, looking around, and it felt empty. Yeah. It, it felt <laughs> desolate. And I, I think probably midway through the game, started to see that fill in and feel more like a professional baseball stadium <laughs> and less like a professional baseball stadium in Tampa Bay, Florida, <laughs> or Oakland, California. <laughs> right, right. I mean, like, it was so shocking, like, five minutes before first pitch. It was like, okay, this stadium's like, maybe 25% full. Like, it did get to about, like, what felt like a normal-ish Friday night. Like, it was a decent-sized crowd there. They have had some issues getting fans. And like, I'm not to here to shame any fan. This is literally my first... The, the stadium's been open for now parts of three seasons, and this is my first time going for a reason. Like, there's not there's not been a great product. Like, there's no reason to shame anyone for not going and seeing that 100-loss team last year. Like, no reason to shame them. No reason to shame anybody for not going in the middle of a pandemic if you didn't feel comfortable going. Like, I, that's why I didn't go. Also, the team was horrendous, so... Uh, not a lot of incentive there, but the atmosphere did pick up. It did feel like, I mean, it was mostly Braves fans that are being loud and happy about baseball, which, you know, uh, given the result, like, kind of makes sense. But the crowd did get loud, and uh, you and I both about peed our pants when the freaking fireworks went off on an indoor stadium, like... I, I was not prepared. I knew, like, you know there's fireworks, and someone tried to shame me on Twitter, like, oh, of course there's fireworks, but, like, I w- did you expect anything like that? Or are you completely caught as as caught off guard as I was for how loud they were? <laughs> Absolutely, a hundred percent. I I was surprised there wasn't some sort of warning or sign <laughs> somewhere of, hey, the roof is closed. There's going to be a severe sound. It's going to echo, <laughs> and if you have some sort of epileptic condition or something like, you should be prepared for this. I'm erring on the side of joking, but like <laughs> it was seriously loud. I wish I would have tracked the decibels to see what that was like. 
It was uh, decibels were very loud. Uh, that is my scientific definition of, <laughs> of, of tracking them decibels. And uh, yeah, it, and I, it, the second one caught me off guard too. And I saw it coming. I was like, oh yes, cigarette boom! Oh my gosh, yeah. this is like shell shocked yet again. Um, but uh, it was it was a nice game to see a couple of home runs with the dying ball, and we'll get into a little bit more of that later. Um, but first, I want to tell you guys about Built Bar. That's right, we're here about Built Bar. I have converted Matt into a Built Bar shill. He had a Built Bar as well. Um, what was your your first thought on how great Built Bars are? So you know, I don't know if this was the same for you as a child, but I used to put my Pop Tarts in the freezer. And it just so happens your built bars were in the fridge tonight. Mm -hmm. So my my first my first thought was going back to that time. But the flip side of that is what we're eating is actually healthy and nutritious and good for us. You know, it's it's kind of crazy. Like you know, it's like putting those pop tarts in the freezer, except if the pop tarts were healthy for you know most built bars have like 130 calories, 16 grams of protein. You know just significantly less sugar than a candy bar, but they taste just as good. If you want to check them out uh, and, and show for them like I do, I actually spent my own money on these Built Bars because maybe it's just my end reads are so good. Maybe it's because Built Bars are just so tasty. But you can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% at BuiltBar.com. But this episode is also brought to you by Blue Nile. Uh, you know what's coming up, Matt? What is coming up? Mother's Day. And if you're looking to get your mother or a mother in your life, or a mother from somebody else's brother, a nice gift. Uh, if you're looking for, for some fancy jewelry, some everyday jewelry, you can go to BlueNile.com. You know? I don't know about you, but I know nothing about jewelry. I mean, you've picked out a lovely engagement ring, but like other than that, I, what is your, your, your jewelry knowledge? I mean, we, I don't think either of us knew what a tennis bracelet was. And... <laughs> no, we Googled that. That was, that was a learning opportunity. <laughs> it most definitely was, but you know, Blue Nile's got their experts on hand 24-7 to, to help you out if you know as much about fine jewelry as we do. Um, but they've got stuff for every single budget, and you can go this Mother's Day, get get something mom that you know she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked on Rangers listeners get $50 off $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Now, we, we did have a baseball game that was technically played. Uh, the Rangers lost it, and I don't think we, either of us were super-duper surprised by that. They did end up making it close enough that we got to see some Kenley Jansen in the ninth. But, I don't know, what were your overall thoughts? I was still talking to Lindsey Crosby by the time that the Rangers had already squandered the lead in the first inning with, we got, uh, you know, old, old G. Richards giving up a first-inning home run as an opener. What were your, your general thoughts on this game? <laughs> The Braves did not look like a team with a losing record at all. <laughs> they looked like a World Series team? They're kind of the real deal. I don't know if, if you folks at home know this, but wow, the Braves are actually a good team at baseball. Who would have thought, regardless of if they play in Arlington or anywhere else? Oh my gosh, this team was, was good. And uh, my, my overall thoughts for this was, uh, yeah, I'm glad that I missed all of Garrett Richards pitching. I did not miss anything. Uh, he's fine. Fine. He is a major league pitcher who will go multiple innings, and I think he's like maybe the third highest paid pitcher on this roster, which is a real indictment of the roster. Actually, I think Jose Leclerc might end up making more than him this year, um, but actually with service time missed, maybe he won't. But either way, this this pitching staff is bad, and Spencer Howard, like 
this is this is my first time seeing him in person. What were your first thoughts on seeing Spencer Howard in person? <laughs> he, I, I think the big thing, he was missing his spots tonight. He was not putting the ball where he wanted to. I think we had low expectations kind of going into this. Yeah. We knew things might get a little messy. Um, it just it just felt very up and down, very erratic tonight for him, unfortunately. Yeah, and I hate to bury the guy after what's been, I think, four, maybe three, maybe three, four outings in his big league year this year. And I really did love what I saw from him in spring training. I mean, he's a former second-round pick, former consensus top uh, 30 prospect in all of baseball. I think he's got six and a third, or six and two-thirds innings under its belt so far this year. But, like, he was literally just throwing four-seamers and cutters, and he was not hitting his spots. He gave up a home run, which is actually – not on him. It was a weird Adolis misplay. I still haven't gone back to see it yet, and I will before I talk about it again on Monday. But, like, he played the ball so weird, and Travis Demerit, who was getting a lot of love from our very loud, very drunk Braves fan behind us, just kept yelling, Travis. Um, former Ranger great, 2013 first-round pick, Travis Demerit, a very long and circuitous route to the big leagues, but is batting over 400 at this point batting leadoff for the reigning world series champs uh, i am genuinely very happy for him but that home run is one that should not go on spencer howard's ledger what did you see from that play because i feel like i didn't get a great angle on it from where we were but yeah i i didn't see the ball initially fall but what i did see was Adolis spin around more more than once it was like one and a half spins and he had lost the position of the ball. Mm-hmm. And with Demerit being so fast, it seemed like as as soon as he made that second spin, he he was already at second base. Like he was he, he was, was busted out of the box too yeah, quickly. And so in my head, I was thinking triple, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure we all said triple out loud. And then I just saw him beef it around third this isn't going well <laughs> no no it is not and then immediately right after Adolis makes up for it it makes a great jump on a play and uh you know perfect jump reads it perfectly off the bat and makes what saves what would have been a sure double and it's like i don't know he's had a couple of of kind of not like not horrendous like in the moment i need to go back and look at and, and see like how badly he misplayed it like he it kind of like looked like he trapped it with his chest like i don't know, it was just kind of a weird play and he had that one weird play with jordan alvarez in what probably should have been a single maybe he could have made a diving catch on it i don't know i don't want to you know it was a really hard hit ball like 106 off the bat or something and so it was probably going to be a hit no matter what in shallow center field but he kind of misjudged it but he's been he's had a couple of little erratic plays like that of making me been like okay well uh, maybe it'll be it'll be nice to see him in in right field more consistently whenever Leody comes up whenever I think that'll be at some point this season but kind of whenever but we did get to see an Adolis Garcia home run in person and I don't know about you but like hearing the crack off his bat like you hear it on the broadcast but it it's 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 just different in person yeah. man. Agreed. It's it's completely special when when he makes contact with the ball. I mean, I don't know what comps come to your mind, but in terms of Ranger greats, we won't go Josh Hamilton route by any means because he's in his own category. But mm-hmm. it it is almost to that level. Maybe you've got you've got you know Joey Gallo mm-hmm. and Josh Hamilton on the far end of the spectrum. Adolis 
75 75th percentile of that something like that he he is up there he is special and you know who else makes really well contact it's Corey freaking Seeger got to see a Seeger dinger in person we got to see a Simeon double as well would have liked for him to save his his first home run for us in person I thought that's what he was saving it for turns out the baseballs are, are just also part bad and I wouldn't have minded if he did it on his his first game if he had like you know 16 home runs at this point I would not feel any less special for him not saving it for us but you know that that Seager kid oh, gosh that guy has got a sweet swing and makes some really loud contact too and like he's not I mean he's well built but he's not like Adolis who's just like a hundred percent just pure like boulder energy and he hits that baseball real hard and real sweet like every single time one one thing we talked about too that i was impressed by we talked about his swing at the first pitch but extending the at bats in those situations because chances are he's starting off every count oh one and in some cases oh two but for him to get six seven pitches into an at bat and fouling off and hacking away and then making that beautiful contact at the end, I think that shows you what what Seager is and why he's here and why he's being paid so handsomely. <laughs> yeah, dude, for real. I mean, he he has such great. He, there was one against um, Framer Valdez that he he started down 0-2, and uh, he looked like he kind of got fooled a little bit on the first two pitches. Like Framer kind of got one over on him, like a high fastball, I think, on the first pitch that he swung through, and then. I think something breaking for the the second pitch. But he worked a 10-pitch at bat, and he ended up with a walk on the 10th pitch. And it's like, that is some big boy. That is some big boy hitting right there. Like, he's got the ability, in my mind, the holy grail for hitters is a 3-4-5 hitter. You hit batting average 300, on base 400, slugging 500, all those plus, you know, more not just exactly on the head. But, like, that's what I think of as, like, the ideal complete hitter. And... That dude does that. And he also plays shortstop. Not, not. I'm not going to say terribly elite at this point, but he does play shortstop, and he plays it not horribly. And that is yeah. that is really nice, and that is worth $30-plus million a year. I think so in this market. <laughs> With the idea of defense in mind, what about the Simeon play? <sighs> dude, that Marcus Simeon had a weird, a weird play. I think he was... I think he might be pushing just a little bit because of how how frustrating the start has been, and I'm I'm sure it's weighing on him too. Because I mean, you sign that contract and you have everyone like, okay, well, like it's it's all professional sports. I'm like, okay, well, now you sign this contract. Now there's all this expectation. There's no longer I'm this scrappy underdog. I'm playing for Oakland. I'm playing in a stadium where poop literally comes out of the ground sometimes and making like tens of dollars. Even though I love this place and I grew up here and whatever, and you know I've been disrespected, I'm gonna go take a one-year bet on myself deal because they offered me a joke of a contract, and he goes and balls out in Toronto on a real bet on himself deal, and now it's like okay, well that bet paid off, but now what? And also the balls have been bad, and so I think he might be pushing a little bit, but he's trying to get a guy off third base. I get the aggressive play. Dansby, I think it was Dansby Swanson that was on third, but he did take an aggressive turn, and there was a little bit of a play to be made there. But he just airmailed the crap out of the throw, run scored, and eventually they got out of the inning. But I don't know. I'm not too worried about him. I think he'll bounce back, and he'll be fine. And, again, we forget because he won a gold glove last year. But this is literally his second season as a primary second baseman. So, like... 
I think there's going to be mistakes like that. That one was it felt pretty egregious, and because we were there in person, um, it was very rude of him to screw up at all while we were there, and for them to not win by a hundred. But you know, Agreed. I'll I'll forgive them for that, I guess. <laughs> um, but coming up, Matt has a reason for Rangers fans to be optimistic, which I feel like we could most definitely need coming off of a. I think we're now at a four-game losing streak at this point, um, so we could definitely use that. First, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Our buddy Chris, who we were with, was was betting on sports, and I believe he was using BetOnline.net. Did you know it's, it's the best place for all of your betting sports odds, stats, and more? Did you know that? I learned that tonight. He went off on a on a parlay, unfortunately. He bet on the Rangers. <laughs> I told him not to. I did too, which said, which he said made him want to bet on us more. Which wow. I, I give him credit for that, but unfortunately <laughs> he lost out on on this one. So you're only as good as your bets are. You're only as good as your bets are, but if you want all of your, you know, your sports stats and odds and scores, all kinds of different places you can bet. If you want to bet not on the Rangers, you want to take our advice and do not bet on the Rangers to win, especially against an Atlanta Braves team that is very good. Just got Ronald Acuna Jr. back uh, yesterday and uh, is is coming off a World Series win versus this team. Uh, go to betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now, Matty, you are a bit of a math guy. You were an engineer, and you got your uh, MBA, and you work in a field that does some math and stuff, and you are much more of a math stat nerd than I am. And you have, have something you brought to my attention about a, a new stat that you are trying to invent or uh, just something you've been, been tracking. Can you tell me a little bit about what's going on with that? Yeah, so this is something I've been mulling over for a while and. <laughs> With with the subject of trusting the process in mind, I wanted to look at one or two stats that are not so obvious that can really check the, the health and the pulse of the team. And when looking at those over the season, that will tell us whether we're, we're really progressing in the direction that we should in order to be a championship caliber team or not. Um, and it helps me personally get my mind off of the the day-to-day grind and seeing the losses and instead looking at where we are progressing Mm -hmm. and i think i found something that should bring hope to rangers fans so it's not overly complicated in fact it's actually really simple and really the idea is just looking at strikeout rates and what Mm -hmm. i call the strikeout differential which would be the the strikeouts that you give minus the strikeouts that you take and you want that number to be positive. Um, Looking at the past few seasons, you think about some of the really elite teams that are striking out tons of hitters when they're pitching and taking very few strikeouts. We've seen the Astros make that conversion. We've seen the Rays make that conversion. And most famously, we've seen uh, the Dodgers just really excel in that area. If you guys recall, in the last few years, the Rangers have really really struggled with strikeouts on mm-hmm. the offensive side of the ball to the tune of 16, 17, 18 strikeouts a game mm-hmm. at, at some point. Um, this year, they have drastically improved. And I will say, I don't, I'm hoping it's happening throughout the organization. I think we give Chris Woodward a ton of credit in bringing that mindset over from Los Angeles. Well, I think also you got to give you know Tim Hires and Donnie Ecker a whole bunch of credit too. Like, I mean, of of the many things that they've changed, and I, I think eventually the numbers will 
well, you know, fix themselves because it's looking the advanced like projections of like it's looking like they're putting a decent offense together, but like the one thing that is you can tangible and you can see is like they are not striking out. Like they are at this point the second best not striking out offense in all of baseball, which is absolutely awesome. And and even though they're not striking out as many batters on the defensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. they are controlling what they can control, which are their at bats, not striking out, putting more balls in play. And as you're seeing right now, we're not getting the production of that. But I think as you aggregate this over a hundred and sixty two game season, yep. the results are going to show up. They are trusting the process. They are listening to their coaching staff and they're making smart at bats. And I, I really do believe we're going to see a turn at some point in this season. You're going to see all the cylinders moving with this really deep and improving lineup. And I'm telling you guys, I'm, I'm going to be tracking the numbers throughout the season. Right now, on, on my version of how I'm calculating that, we're at like a plus, um, plus 30 or so, or so mm-hmm. which is how many games in the season are we at right now? Uh, I think we're at like 17. Okay, maybe so maybe, maybe tw- Maybe twenty. So we're we're plus or minus one and a half to two strikeouts better than than our opposition every game, and we're not pitching that many strikeouts. Mm-hmm. So that is a huge credit to this lineup and what they're going to be able to bring later this season. Yeah, and I think I think it's a pretty key stat because, like, I mean, hitting wise, like I I have harped a lot on like at some points in general for like the individual hitter like strikeouts you can be a great hitter and strike out a bunch because you know i i love me some joey gal mitch Absolutely. garver has been a really good player a really good offensive player and he strikes out a bunch but he's not striking out very much really cahoon is really not striking out a bunch and it's it's i'm really waiting for that sample size to expand because eventually these guys will get hot because they are putting together good plate appearances it's just like literally everybody at the same time is is on a cold streak like and despite putting a pretty decent approach, which makes me more insane watching the losses pile up and the lack of runs go in. It's just like, it should, it's right there. It's, they're just, just do it. Just like, come on, baseball, just go. And I think that makes me part of why I'm like more insane and more mad about the start of the season than I am. Like I am, but I am still hopeful that it's going to turn around because like we've seen it, it's there. Like the production has been there and, uh, you know, we got to see actual baseball in person. I am glad that I did get to see Brock Burke. That's one of the few things. And I, I missed all of Colby Allard um, pitching tonight. I think that was Colby. I haven't even gone back to see if it was. Uh, let me double check in the box score. Um, Abreu. Yeah, Allard. I did I did miss, like, almost all of Allard because I was getting this fancy hat. Um, so I, I needed me some blue some blue rangers hat and i got to miss uh colby pitching against the team that drafted him uh shout out to travis demerit who was showing up the team that drafted him uh allard did do well um two two thirds innings of, that i missed so i'll talk more about that on monday and get more in depth actually i will actually watch it as much annoyance as it brings me to watch him pitch these days um but seeing Brock Burke on a big league mound, despite having a little bit of a shaky first inning, but uh, what were your thoughts on seeing Brock Burke for the first time? Because I've seen him a little bit, and uh, I've never seen him in the big leagues, and I am happy that he is taking the journey to get there. Yeah, uh, he was he was a pitcher I was most looking forward to seeing today. We've talked about it offline. His, his stuff is just electric. It really is. Um, 
And the change to putting him in the bullpen, I think, is really suiting him well. As we've also mentioned, we don't have a great track record of converting relievers <laughs> into starters. So I think we should leave him in this spot, allow yeah. him to develop and feel comfortable. It's clear the results are showing up, especially at, in his K rate. Mm-hmm. Um, his K rate is ridiculous. He's getting He got four strikeouts tonight in two innings. <laughs> and we saw a lot of looking strikeouts tonight as well up and he down was, the board, which is dude awesome. Dude was painting. He was painting. Yeah. Which is you love this. Howard even had a few pitches where he was really painting on there. He had one really great inning, one really crap inning, and I'm I'm starting to think I'm starting to lean more and feel really dumb that of the three youngish pitchers that I picked to be part of the starting rotation, the next good starting rotation that I didn't pick Taylor Hearn. I feel really dumb about doing that. I'm changing my mind now, but uh, I don't. It's it's. It's a small season so far, and our brains have been broken by a shortened season and a horrendously bad season, and figuring out how to rationally watch a baseball team over 162 with the kind of weird place that they're in is difficult, but also fun. And uh, I'm glad we did, didn't did just see a beatdown tonight. We got to see a Seager dinger, we got to see an Adolis dinger, and a Brock Burke pitch, and get a new hat, and well see each other which is always great seeing baseball with friends is always better than watching baseball alone in your own place as much fun as that can be but uh any any closing thoughts of uh, your first time here on the locked on texas rangers podcast i'm just so thankful longtime (laughs) fan obviously it's a dream come true to to be on any (laughs) podcast and talk about baseball and rangers (laughs) baseball with really the the one person who gets me most in all of the world um (laughs) Yeah, it's just great to be able to support you in this way. And last last thing I want to mention on the game, and I will stop talking, was <laughs> Travis Demerit was so fun to watch tonight. <laughs> the way he interacted with the fans in right field, I've, I've just never been in that environment before. And so huge shout-out to Travis Demerit. Wherever you are, hope you can become a friend of the podcast. We love you. We want great things for you, and we're happy that you're in the show. Hope you stay there for a while. Me too, man. And uh, props to you for not turning around for the drunk guy, but just for the nice fans in the front row he kept waving at and kept throwing balls to kids in the stands. Uh, Yeah, huge shout-out to Travis Demerit. Big fan. Very happy that he is doing good things. Wish he was doing those good things for the Texas Rangers, but I do not blame them for, you know, making that trade uh just kidding travis uh totally sucks for the rangers they should never have done that um what a horrible thing they did um but but for real shout out travis demerit and shout out matt mccutcheon uh thank you so much for joining me on this podcast literally my day one my fellow obsessive rangers fan since before i was actually making money being an obsessive rangers fan we were just cohorting and uh commiserating and enjoying baseball together Great to have you here. Great to have you on the show. Great to see a baseball game with you. Thank you guys so much for listening for this bonus episode. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.